born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts, and we'll, uh, we're going to finish Acts one of these years. I have no clue how long we've been in Acts. But it doesn't matter because you go to Acts. We just use that as a launching board. We go everywhere. We go a little bit here and a little bit there. But tonight, we got something special tonight. President's reception. I have no clue what we're having. Because after all, I'm not in charge. I uh, got a nice little statement for everybody for tonight. And I, I shared it with the women in there a while ago. I said, one of these days, I like to come in there. I'm going to talk to all, just all the ladies. And they said, you need to just talk to all the men. <laughs> uh, I told them, I says, the secret to a happy marriage is letting the wife do everything she wants and the husband doing everything she wants. <laughs> and then everything is fine. Is that right? Did I say that right? All the women going like this. huh? All the men going... What did he say? But anyway, last uh, Sunday, I was speaking on the Feast of Trumpets and the, you know, the eclipse. And uh, Bill Bunkley was, I don't know if he listened to the service, but he heard both of the sermons that I had done on it. So he calls me up on Monday, and it was, I think it was in the afternoon already. And asked me if I would come down to the radio station or if I would go on um, his radio program. And from 5 to 6, I think it was. And because uh, that was the day that I had an eclipse. So I said, sure, I'll come down. So he wanted to ask me some questions. So I, I think it worked out pretty good. We got a, an hour to push the, uh, the ministry here. And he pushed it very good in our YouTube ministry and our radio broadcast. Uh, and he says, uh, if you want to hear the gospel, this is the guy you need to listen to. He, he did a good job pushing and promoting us. So I was, I was pleased with that. It was a good opportunity. You know, if you're not trying to win people to the Lord and reach people, then you don't want to do this, you don't want to do that. But when you do that, you just look at everything as, man, that's an opportunity, it's an opportunity, it's an opportunity. And it's just another fishing hole. I'm going fishing. So when I go on the radio, I'm fishing. I was trying to get, see if I can catch another fish. You know, like that lace potato chip, you can't just have just one. You've got to have another one, another one, another one. Well, when you start winning people to the Lord, it just kind of gets a hold of you and say, nah, I want one more, I want one more, I want one more. So anyway, Acts chapter 20 is where we are. So if you'll turn there, the uh, Apostle Paul is um, laying it out to the elders of the church there at Ephesus. 
And he's told them how much he loved them, how much he cares for them, what he's done for them, how he preached the gospel to them night and day with tears, and um, how that, um, you know, he knew that the road ahead was going to be a little on the bumpy side. <laughs> Look how he words it. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Start in verse 22. He says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. And I like this part of the verse because I have not always known how everything's going to work out. Wouldn't that be nice if we could just always figure out how's it going to work out? Well, I've never known how things are going to work out. I would just take the risk. But I took a risk on God. You know, we take a risk on people. We take a risk on money. Some people are taking a risk on the lottery. <laughs> I'd give you this. Am I going to get anything back? And, but I want to take a risk on God. I want God to know, look, I trusted you. I gave you, a, Lord, I gave you an opportunity to do some great and wonderful mighty things that I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe. And I trust the Lord. I would hate to have lived my whole life and never gave God a chance to do something great. You understand what I'm talking about? You only get one chance through. You don't get a rerun or an instant replay. It's just one trip through life, and you don't want to mess it up. You want to accomplish everything that you possibly can. But what he says is, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I'm going, but I don't know. It's just like when we started the... Uh, you know, the ranch. We didn't know if we were going to have any kids. But the other night, they had a good group of kids. We started with the Friday night sewing. They had uh, 20-something, I think, trust the Lord. I didn't. You even went sewing in. It's for teenagers, so that's why she went. And so they get a chance to, uh, you know, give the gospel. But you, there's always things that can happen. You don't know the end results of all that's going to happen. But we do know that down the road, the true end result, it will be worth it all. It'll be worth everything we've ever done for the Lord. But it says, the things that will befall you there. In other words, things you didn't know about, things you didn't plan on. And there's always seems to be something trying to hold you back. Anytime you want to do something good, there's always evil is present. And you can be sure of this. If God is in it, so is the devil. Because he's going to fight tooth and nail to keep you from being successful with the Lord. And so he makes a statement down through here. He said, I know that bonds and afflictions abide me. He said, but none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, that I may finish my course with misery, <laughs> with joy. Serving the Lord ought to be a joyful thing. But then he says, I have not held back anything that I thought was profitable for you. Because he's serving the Lord is trying to give people things that will help them to be profitable in their life. What do you need to know that can help you be more profitable? So that's what I'm always trying to figure out. How can I help that many more people? That's why I still like doing camps. I know the day will come when I won't be able to do camp. I'm going I'm to be too old to go. But I could get one of those power chairs, you know, with a motor on it, and run it all over the place. I think it would be fun. Well, it might be fun. So that's why we've got to have some of these young kids coming up that want to do something, that have a vision, to keep things going. I think that's awesome. Now we notice what we look down here in uh, verse 27. He says, For I have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God, that you realize that Paul didn't have the book of Ephesians, though he was talking to the Ephesian elders. But he didn't have the book of Ephesians. And he said, Now look in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. They didn't have the book. 
lot of the New Testament, but they didn't have. So he taught them all the scriptures that they did have. He taught them about the law, the prophets, the Psalms. He used the Old Testament because that's what they had. They used that. So the early church was really brought up on Old Testament scriptures. It was the foundation for the New Testament. So, yes, he gave about, you know, 14 of these books in the New Testament, and they learned and studied and so on. But he says, I have declared to you all the counsel of God. And then when you read, it, read in the book of Second uh, Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 16, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. How much of the Bible do you think God wants us to know? All of it. How you doing? <laughs> Woo, that thick, that thick. That's a thick book. So here a little and there a little. Precept upon precept. One truth upon another truth. And that's why God doesn't give it to you all at one time. Wouldn't it be neat if you just cut a hole up there, pour it all in there and cap it? And I know it. We have to spend all those years studying and then applying it, trying to learn from it. And then sometimes, because some things don't seem to work out for us, we begin to question and doubt what we already have learned. And you can't build upon things you doubt. You can only build upon things that are rock solid and you believe. You see, this truth is the foundation for this truth. And this truth is the foundation for this truth. So if you want truth, you can't start questioning and doubting or you fall apart. And that's what happens in life because of afflictions and so forth that are bind you. But anyway, he makes a statement here in verse 28. Take heed, take heed. So he's talking to leaders. We talked last Sunday about the uh, elders being overseers and uh, looking out for the flock. And so people are sheep. And they trust Christ as Savior. <laughs> he said, you're still a sheep. You're a saved sheep, but you're still a sheep. And you still need a shepherd. When David says... Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We often say, well, want for what if he's my shepherd? So it's the shepherd's job to lead us. But it is our responsibility after we're saved to follow the shepherd, to hear the voice of the shepherd, to obey the shepherd. And so many will and some won't. He says, now, when I leave, there's going to be some grievous wolves come in. See there in verse uh, 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So in other words, he purchased you. He bought you. So if he purchased you, that means you belong to whoever bought you. And where does it say in the Bible that you have been bought with a price? You have been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Okay, very good. Hold your place right here, but look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. And you'll notice there is an awesome verse here. Because you have been purchased. You've been bought. He says in verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. And you ought to underline this portion of the verse. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. You belong to the one who bought you. You see, you were on the slave market of sin and you had a debt and you couldn't pay it. And somebody came along and paid it for you. And you belong to the one who bought you. 
So he says, you are bought with a price. See in verse 20? You are bought with a price. Therefore, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Looks like everything you are belongs to God. Your body, your spirit, you. You belong to the one who bought you and paid for you. Now, go back to Acts chapter 20. And when you go back to Acts chapter 20, there's one other verse I want you to see. Look over there in the book of 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter. I believe that that's correct. 1 Peter and chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And this is on page 1312 in a church Bible. But you'll notice what he says here in verse, let's just start there in verse 16. Verse 16 says, because it is written, that means it's recorded in the Old Testament, be ye holy, for I am holy. In other words, if your heavenly Father is holy, God wants you and I to live a holy life. So that's not contrary to what God wants. That's what God wants us to do. So he says this in verse 17. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work. So we talk about work. Well, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about your service to the Lord. After you trust Christ as Savior, does God want us to work for him? Yes. And he's going to judge every man according to his work. So he says, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. In other words, the fear that you're going to miss the will of God for your life. If there's anything you should want in your whole life, is the will of God for your life. And wouldn't it be a shame to have lived your life and missed the will of God for your life? Because, you know, it's not a matter of just trying to figure out, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Well, what does God want? And let the Lord open up doors and wherever you just want to honor the Lord in everything that you have and everything that you do. And you're always giving him the credit and the praise for whatever you do. Now look what he says in verse 18. For as much as ye know. Now you know we don't know everything, but you know this part. He said that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or behavior, manner of life, received by tradition from your fathers. Get verse 19. You are bought with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So who do you belong to? The one who bought you. The one that paid for you. And what was the price he used? Did he buy my salvation with money, gold and silver? Or he shed his precious blood and he paid with his life. To get you. He gave his life to get you. That's why you, sometimes you hear me say, you can't know you're going to heaven until you know you can't go to hell. And the reason I can't go to hell is because I don't have any sins to pay for. How many of my sins did he pay for? Well, all of them. And so that means that he loved me so much, he would rather die than live without me. But isn't that true? He loved me so much, he would rather die than live without me. He bought and paid for me with his own blood. Now go back here to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, he says, he hath purchased with his own blood. Verse 29, verse 29. He says, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. What do you think he's talking about? Grievous wolves. 
So you really got to watch out for the animal control that they get to all these wolves and get them off, you know, out of the country. So if you got rid of all the wolves, then you won't have any problem. Or do you believe he's talking maybe about somebody coming into the church, into the flock, and ripping you apart? Now, how is he going to do that? How is a wolf going to devour the flock? Do the, I mean, people, we're not cannibals today. People are not going around actually eating up a person. Well, they used to, but I mean, I'm glad I'm not a missionary at that place. But he's talking about there's people with a wrong belief, and they will devour, and they want to try to twist your mind, pervert the gospel, ruin your life, ruin your testimony. There's people that will have an influence in other people's lives. And if the Lord is not the main source of your influence, just like, you know, smoke gets in my eye, so therefore it influences me. Well, we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, talking about being influenced by the Holy Spirit. Well, if the Holy Spirit's going to influence me, he does it through the Word of God. So as I study the Word of God and what I hear and read and see, and it influences me. Now, who has the greatest power of influence in your life? Is it your kids, your grandkids? Your job, your neighbor, your husband, your wife. Well, see, if the Lord is the greatest power of influence in your life, then you have the power you need to keep from being influenced by everything else. But if that's not, then you are like tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because people have opinions. You have to know what you believe and why you believe it. So you study what the Word of God says. He also says... In verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise. So we know the grievous wolves in the previous verse is talking about men. And also in verse 30, also men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. So in other words, these grievous wolves are individuals who try to rip apart a flock for their own, I guess you say, desires. They want to make disciples. The only way they can make themselves look good is see how many people they can get to follow them. And it doesn't take much to ruin and destroy it. This is why the Bible study we had uh, yesterday morning, uh, Steve Yant was speaking, and he did a great job, awesome job. And um, I'm thinking there, there's 27 young people, in, well, not all of them young, there were 27 of us in there, and um, they did a great job. And you're talking about of how many men we have in this ministry that can teach the Word of God. And that's why we got some teaching in Sunday school classes. And so that's why I want to have as many people learn. And uh, so once a month, we have somebody different teaching the men's Bible class. And then they do a great job. But you're trying to teach them because the more you can get people to stay in the Word, study the Word then you're eliminating the possibility of wolves ripping you apart because of some false doctrine, because you know that that's not right. That's not right. If you sit around here long enough, just like people have been here with Dr. Hank Lindstrom for years, well, when you know what the gospel is and you know what it isn't, and you understand some things about the cause, you understand some things about prophecy, when somebody else comes in and starts teaching something else, you say, that ain't right, that ain't right, that ain't right. Because you say, well, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And it's better to say what the Bible says. Well, Hank says, 
Well, the pastor says that's not as good. Because you don't want to believe something just because the preacher believes it. Or just because what Dr. Hank Linsom says. Or Dr. Mark Cameron said, well, Dr. Ray Stanford said, don't matter what anybody else says. What does the book say? This is the source of authority. And therefore, go by the book, learn God's word. Now, I want you to hold your place here, but look in 2 Peter, because wolves are grievous, and they want to eat up that poor little defenseless little lamb. And so we are told as shepherds and overseers, we're supposed to try to protect the flock. So we need to feed the flock and warn the flock. Like I've said before, if we only feed the flock, we fatten them for the kill. But if we only warn the flock, then we starve them to death. So you've got to feed them and warn them. So here in the book of 2 Peter, I'll just look at that. 2 Peter chapter 2. We'll come back to the book of Acts, but uh, right now, a couple of these scriptures. And um, in chapter 2, Look there in verse 1. And verse 1 says, But there were false prophets. A false prophet is a false teacher. So a false teacher teaches contrary to the truth. And you can't discern the error unless you know truth. So this is why it's so important to study truth, so you can discern when something is false. How simple? You see, if you study error, you can't discern truth. But if you discern, you know truth, you can discern the error. And so a lot of people are in error in a lot of ways. You've got the whole world out there and their own philosophy about everything. Well, how are you going to protect yourself? Well, what does the book say? Always put this over everything else. Trust the Word of God. Now, get what they do. There shall be false teachers among you. So you know there's false teachers... And sometimes they storm the gate. Sometimes they infiltrate. So they can be outside trying to get in, or they can come inside and try to win you little by little. And, um, you know, Pastor Arnold's great teacher on gospel. Boy, he is really good on the gospel. But when it comes to the deeper life, you know, when it comes to spirituality, and all they do is just put a little seed of doubt. You know, he doesn't know this or he doesn't know that. You know, we, we've been hearing all this about, you know, the pre-trib rapture. But, you know, the Bible really says that Christ comes in the middle of the tribulation period. And just a little question, a little doubt about some teaching. And actually, you know, you know, I believe just like blah, blah, blah and blah, 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 blah. You know, we, we don't agree with this. And next thing you know, what are they doing? Trying to get them a group. And little by little, see, they, they'll eventually destroy. The devil's behind stuff like that. Will try to ruin and destroy. Have you ever heard of church splits? It isn't always with God's blessing. It's because somebody comes in and teaches something contrary and different. But you go by what does the book say? Now get this. So in verse 1. He says, false teachers who privately, sneakily, shall bring in damnable heresies, denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. In other words, teachers compromising on the gospel. And some will easily say, you know, you've got to turn from your sins to be saved. Well, is that true? 
You've got to make Christ the Lord and the master of your life. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, that's, that's trying to get you to do that to be saved. After you're saved, should you turn from sin? Yes. Should you make Christ the Lord and master of your life? Well, yes, but not to be saved. See, one is heaven and hell, and there's a lot of difference. Now, notice the uh, second verse there. I want you to see that. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. You see that word many? They get a lot of people. Did you know there's enough people that have trusted Christ as Savior? We could change the world. But so many of God's people go to so many different churches that are not clear on the gospel, and they give all their time, their effort, their money, and influence, and everything they have to somebody that's not preaching the clear gospel. And if it's a clear gospel church, that's, that's one thing. But when they're not, well, what kind of influence are they having because now they'll use their personal power of influence in the lives of other people to get into a place that's not clear on the gospel. So you have to always be careful. And you, in your mind, you don't even think about it. You just do whatever you want to do. But there's a God in heaven that says, I taught you better than that. I taught you better than that. Look what else he says. He says in verse 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason. And here's the reason. The way of truth is spoken evil of. You see, some people are ashamed of the truth of the gospel. I've, I've been around people and say, you know, I, I just don't like this once saved, always saved. I, I just don't care for this here, you know, um, once you're saved, you can just live any way you want and still go to heaven when you die. But is that true or not? It is true. You can trust Christ as your Savior and live like the devil and still go to heaven when you die. But I don't want to say that because I'm ashamed to say that. Are you ashamed of the gospel? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Therefore, see, because I'm not ashamed of that truth, I will proclaim that truth because if you change that in order to appease somebody, you're robbing them of the understanding of the greatest truth in all the world. How do you know that you're going to make it to heaven if you think, well, if I do something wrong, I'm going to lose my salvation? And look at the questions and the doubts. And that lack of confidence, that lack of boldness is what keeps people from proclaiming the truth of the gospel. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that turns from their sins and makes Christ the Lord and the master of their life and behaves himself and comes to Calvary Community Church and pays 50%. Yeah. Doesn't say all of that. But now notice, in verse 3, he says, And through covetousness, Shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you? In other words, they're using, they're buying you with this false doctrine. Now, you belong to somebody else, but they want to buy you from the truth. So they'll offer you things. And if you don't know the truth and don't stand for the truth, you'll find yourself following the error of the wicked. And you'll wonder why, well, I don't, I don't need church. I don't need church. Well, wait a minute. What does God say? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because I can worship God up in the mountains. I can worship God down at the beach. That's why somebody asked me, so how's church going? I said, well, it's up and down. It's up in the mountains or down at the beach. <laughs> Some people are everywhere. But wouldn't it be neat if all of God's people all serve the Lord with the same gusto, the same enthusiasm, the same zeal? Wouldn't it be all we, what we could do for the Lord? Be awesome. But no, we're going to have all these problems. There's people who become God in their own lives and they 
They think that um, they're having an original thought. And all the devil is doing is putting in their mind, you don't need that. You don't need that. You know enough Bible. You don't, you remember 20 years ago you read the Bible all the way through? Yeah, I've already done that. <laughs> you don't even Slap your jaws. But the devil is real. He's powerful. And he's going to do all the damage that he possibly can do. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.